Hey there, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. Well, you've thought about doing your own podcast, let me tell you, it's not near as hard as it used to be. I launched a podcast back in 2008, and it was crazy difficult to get it listed everywhere where listeners were, which back then wasn't really that many places. But now, podcasts are everywhere, and with a platform like Buzzsprout, you can be all over the place with one click, plus a great-looking website, analytics, and more. That's why... We use Buzzsprout. So follow the link in the show notes, and that'll let Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. Plus, it helps support our show as well. Again, down in the show notes with Buzzsprout. Let's go! All right, let's get this show on the road! Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go, woo! This is the Ike Wingate Show. Top of the morning, everyone. Join the show now. Text 870-505-1518. Here's your host, Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Good morning. Welcome to Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. So glad you are here. On the way this hour, celebrity birthdays, this day in history, random facts, and some good news. Some students living in a senior center to help them out. And, of course, we uh, will be talking law today with Thurman and Flanagan in studio next hour. Plus, a horse got loose on a plane. Yeah, that's coming up as well today on the show. Brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan, attorneys at law, online at ozarkjustice.com or call 479-253-1234. And it is that time of morning for your celebrity birthdays. All right, so here we are on Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. Scarlett Johansson is 39. Mark Ruffalo is 56. He played the Hulk in the MCU. Scarlett Johansson played Black Widow. In the MCU. Okay. DeCray Montgomery, who is Max's stepbrother Billy on Stranger Things, is 29. Jamie Campbell Bauer, who is Vecna on Stranger Things, is 35. We got a little theme here of the same shows. Uh, Adi Adali Krabalo is 23. She is Mona. Haley Bieber, married to Justin Bieber, 27. Catherine McNamara who is Mia Queen on Arrow, is 28. Candace Glover, Season 12 American Idol winner, 34 today. Oscar Pristorius, who is a runner with no legs from South Africa. He made history by completing, uh, competing against able-bodied run- runners at the 2012 Olympics, then went to prison for killing his girlfriend. Wow, just not a good ending there. He's 37 today, though. Karen O, singer for the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, is 45. Mads Mickelson from NBC's Hannibal is 58. Marielle Hemingway, 62. Jamie Lee Curtis, 65. Stephen Van Zant, who's also on The Sopranos, is 73. Why did I why did I think he passed away? Is this a Stephen Van Zant? Huh. Yeah. I mean, whatever. He's Anyway, he's alive. I don't know why. He's 73 today. All right. Now, let's get, uh, get to this day in history before we run off the rails here. In 1718, British soldiers boarded the ship of Blackbeard the Pirate, then shot and stabbed him more than 25 times. Yikes. The SOS distress signal was ratified at the International Radio Telegraphic Convention in Berlin on this date in 1906, 
On this date, 1963, President John F. Kennedy assassinated in Dallas, Texas. The B-2 stealth bomber unveiled on this date in 1988. In 1990, Britain's Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher resigned. Ted Koppel stepped down on the show Nightline after 25 years on the show on this date in 2005. That same day, Angela Merkel became Chancellor of Germany. And those are your celebrity birthdays and this day in history. Good morning. And it is that time of morning for your random facts. Winston Churchill had a doctor's note to drink unlimited alcohol in Prohibition America after getting hit by a car when trying to cross a street. Uh, The note said, The post-accident convalescence of Winston Churchill necessitates the use of alcoholic spirits, especially at mealtimes. The quantity is naturally indefinite, but the minimum requirements would be 250 cubic centimeters, or roughly 8.5 ounces. Okay. There are 114 countries in the world with at least one McDonald's. Countries without one include Jamaica, Iceland, Iran, Russia, and most of Africa. The average American eats 110 pounds of potatoes a year. That's more than any other vegetable. The original title for the movie Cruel Intentions was Cruel Inventions. Hmm. And finally, Kurt Cobain, singer of Nirvana, who is deceased, picked the song name Smells Like Teen Spirit because a friend told him he smelled like teen spirit. And he thought it meant he was revolutionary, but she meant he literally smelled like the teen spirit deodorant. (laughs) Eh, Who cares what she really meant? Got a hit song out of it, right? Those are your random facts. Good morning. Ever caught someone doing a good job? Tell us about it. Well, this is a really cool story. Two college students in Tulsa are living at a senior community instead of living in a dorm. The music students perform concerts, interact, and hold open practices throughout the year and have befriended many of the residents there. Here are the students, Sean Roberts and Chance Jackson, talking about the experience. I can't tell you the amount of times I've heard the phrase, isn't it nice to have three grandmas? I go to school in the day, I'm hanging around 18 to 20 year olds, and then I come home and it's like 40 years older. It's an opportunity, again, to like spread the love of music um, and spread the joy of music. Make the most of the moment and not worry as much about the past or the future. That's pretty cool. These students are getting a valuable perspective, probably staying out of trouble too at the senior center, or maybe they're getting into more trouble, I don't know, but I'm sure the residents there Enjoy having some company of these young students along with the music that they bring. Very, very cool in Tulsa, as a matter of fact. That is Caught Doing Good. If you got a good story out there, let us tell it. Email it to show at ikewingate.com. And a very pleasant good Wednesday morning. Are you scrambling at the last minute because maybe you don't have your Thanksgiving dinner fully, fully developed? Well, maybe you don't actually have to make it all or even any of it from scratch. Maybe you should take a page out of this guy's mom's book. This is a comedian Ted Alexandro talking about how his mom faked Thanksgiving dinner one year. I remember last Thanksgiving, I go over to my mom and dad's for traditional Thanksgiving dinner, and my mom orders Boston Market. 
You believe that? Boston Market. But she served it in her own china. <laughs> right? So the guests wouldn't know. But my brothers and sisters and I would drop subtle hints. We'd be like, so Ma, do we get two sides with the turkey? Is it two or is it just the cornbread? What's the policy? She was like, just take what you want and pass it. I was like, you know, can I see your manager? Because I really don't like your attitude at all. You know, I've been eating here a long time, right? <laughs> so does she, uh, is she on to something there? Did she uh, come up with something resourceful and put it in her own china while going and getting it at the Boston Market? Sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's time for Stranger Than Fiction. Well, it's not snakes on a plane, but it is a horse on a plane. A cargo plane that departed JFK Airport in New York City recently had to return back to New York because a horse that was on board got loose. This is the pilot's call to air traffic control explaining the situation. Yes, sir. Uh, we are a cargo plane. Uh, we have live animal horse on board the airplane, and the horse managed to escape his stall. Uh, we don't have a, a problem as of flying-wise, but we need to return, return back to New York. We cannot get the horse back secure. Ah, sounds like a plane full of horseplay, if you will, but thankfully... All is well, Wilbur. That is Stranger Than Fiction. Good morning. And we are back in studio. Greg Thurman, Thurman and Flanagan. We are talking law. Greg, you've told us uh, about the different courts, you know, district courts, circuit courts, but there's also different types of, say, attorneys. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely, I can. Again, thank you for having me in studio. Uh, there are different roles that attorneys play in these courts. Let's go back to district court. Uh, district court, again, is a court primarily designed to handle our criminal misdemeanor docket. In that court, you are going to have the prosecuting attorney office involved. Now, depending on if it is a charge that happens in the county, you would have the county prosecutor or one of the county prosecutor's deputies handling the case. If it's a charge that happens within the city, you may have the city attorney acting as the city prosecutor that presents that case and prosecutes that case on behalf of the city. So you've got two different types of prosecutors that appear in district court. And then you have, of course, private attorneys like Chris Flanagan that defend people in district court against Mr. Mean charges. And you also have public defender's office. In Carroll County, we have a public defender's office. That public defender also has deputy public defenders. And so the deputy public defenders are the ones that typically end up in district court uh, defending those that, that qualify for a public defender to be appointed. And that is, of course, they have to fill an affidavit with regards to their assets and income to see if they qualify for a public defender to be appointed to represent them. Because in our system, you are entitled to whether you can afford one or not, to an attorney to represent you when you've been charged criminally, whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony. Can I ask you, is there a difference between, you always hear, you know, the district attorney and some of these cases, is there a difference between a district attorney and a prosecuting attorney? Well, yes and no, Ike. For instance, in Carroll County, we are the 19th East Judicial District. And that encompasses all of Carroll County. So we have a prosecutor who is the district attorney. Okay, He is the attorney that gets elected to be the prosecuting attorney for the district. And since this district is only one county, 
We also tend to call them the county prosecutor because they prosecute all of the county cases in circuit court, as well as the misdemeanor cases in the district courts, like I spoke of. So in Carroll County, we have Tony Rogers, who is the elected district attorney for our district, the 19th Judicial East District. But because that district just encompasses one county, we tend to also refer to them as the county prosecutor. Okay. Some districts have multi-counties in them. Boone, Marion, Baxter, that district, judicial district, is a multi-county judicial district. And you're going to have a district attorney that gets elected to serve all those counties to prosecute those cases. In those districts, I suspect they're not called the county attorney, uh, you know, county prosecuting attorney as much as as they are in in a county, in a judicial district in which only one county exists. That makes sense. I think it's important uh, for, for people to understand that when it comes to the criminal side of most cases, it is the state district attorney or the city attorney that has the burden of proof when it comes to the charges that they brought against the defendant, either the public defender or the deputy public defender or the private attorney that's representing that defendant, they don't have any burden of proof. The burden of proof to prove the charges beyond a reasonable doubt falls on the state and the prosecuting attorney, either the city or the county prosecutor or district prosecutor is the correct term. But that's where the burden is. The burden is not with the public defender's office defending that person. It's not with that private defense attorney defending that person. Which basically means if they're bringing a case against against somebody. It's the responsibility of the state to prove the case. I mean, you're innocent until proven guilty, and it's their responsibility to prove that. That is correct. And the way I always have thought of it is you think about the scales of justice. At the end of a a case in which the state is charging somebody criminally, there should be cinder blocks on one side of that scale. There should be no doubt, no reasonable doubt as to whether or not that person is or is not guilty as charged. In a civil case, you have the preponderance of evidence. And the way I always have looked at that and was taught in law school is if you have the ladies, you have the lady of justice and the scales of justice, and you have a thousand grains of sand on one scale and a thousand grains on the other, the plaintiff in the civil case, which has the burden of proof, needs to have one more grain of sand. 1,001 okay. is preponderance, just a little bit more. But the state, when it comes to charging somebody criminally and proving them guilty criminally, it's cinder blocks. Okay. So criminal cases, beyond a reasonable doubt, it has to be evident, for lack of a better term. But in a civil case, it's not as much. Why is that? The burden of proof is less, and it is the preponderance of evidence. And that is because a lot of times when you're dealing with civil cases, it's between two private parties and freedom is not at stake in those Mm cases. Uh, You know, you're not talking about taking somebody and locking them up, taking them away from their livelihood. You are talking about a civil dispute that is broken out between these two parties or corporations or whatever. And we have a burden of proof that says we're not going to hold the party bringing it to the high standard uh, that we hold the state to because at the end of the day, the, the consequences of losing the case are not the same. That's very helpful. I didn't know that, but it is easy to see in some of the cases where you go, how is there enough evidence to do that? But it's the threshold is not as high, which is good for all of us if we're ever tried in a criminal case. I think the best way to look at it, you know, for those listeners that are older like me is the OJ Simpson case. You know, he was found not guilty criminally. Okay. There, that jury found there weren't enough cinder blocks, but 
when the the family brought a wrongful death claim, which was a civil claim against him, preponderance of the evidence, they found that there was that grain of sand on yeah. the scales of justice and, and a judgment was entered against him. And so that's a, a case I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with where you've got the criminal standard and you've got the civil standard. And there's there's a big difference between the two of them. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Every lawyer dreams I have in that moment. All right, very good. Thank you, Greg, for being in studio. Extremely educational and helpful for understanding these types of things. And uh, we look forward to it again next week right here on Talking Law with Thurman and Flanagan. Thank you, Ike. All right, let's get this show on the road. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Woo. This is the Ike Wingate Show. Top of the morning, everyone. Join the show now. Text 870-505-1518. Here's your host. Ike Wingate. Ike Wingate. Ike Good morning. Welcome to the 8 o'clock hour. Happy Wednesday. Thanksgiving Eve, if you will. Coming up, caught doing good. An Army vet is able to stop a carjacking before it occurs. And we'll tell you how you can help out our very own library and double your money. And an odd Thanksgiving tradition. See if you can relate. It's all on the way this hour. Brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan Attorneys at Law. Online at OzarkJustice.com or call 479-253-1234. Ever caught someone doing a good job? Tell us about it. This is a story of heroic courage and just a really cool story. An Army veteran out of Florida intervened during a carjacking attempt and was able to stop the suspect from escaping after pulling a pregnant woman out of her car. Here is Shane Spicer talking about helping apprehend the carjacker. Just getting started with the day, maybe been awake for 20, 25 minutes. Uh, I live about a mile from that Starbucks. I'm going to get you, buddy. <laughs> like, you're not going anywhere now. Like, you cross the line. I feel like if, if you got, like, the ability to watch out for someone that you should, you know, I would just hope to say that someone would do the same for my family. Wow, this guy sounds like a brave dude. Like, he's like Jack Ryan or something. Isn't, he even has a cool name, Shane Spicer. And it's never too early for Shane Spicer to get justice. That is a cool story. Stepping in when a guy tried to carjack a pregnant woman in Florida. That is Caught Doing Good. If you got a good story out there, let us tell it. Email it to show at ikewingate.com. Good morning to you. Happy Wednesday, a.k.a. Thanksgiving Eve. And, of course, it is a time to be thankful and it is a time to be generous The Berryville Public Library is so close to reaching their goal to be able to break ground on the new facility that is going to be a fantastic resource and asset for our community. We are here at Carroll County Broadcasting going to be part of the National Day of Giving, and we will be doing a telethon. That's right. National Day of Giving is happening on Tuesday And we'll be doing a telethon on the radio on 107.1 FM, so you can call in with your donations, your gifts. You can bring them by in person as well to the radio station. We'll be doing the telethon from 8 a.m. until noon on Tuesday. The great thing is there's a very generous, anonymous donor who will be doubling all of your donations up to $100,000. So if you give $100, it's like you gave $200, okay? It's a matching gift opportunity okay so a very very worthy cause so close to their goal be a part of putting them over the hump toward a breaking ground 
for our new Berryville Library facility. Again, that's happening on Tuesday. You can get all the details at our website. Just click Community Board at kthsradio.com. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve. Today's show brought to you by Thurman and Flanagan, attorneys at law, online at ozarkjustice.com. Or call them, 479-253-1234. Well, are you getting ready for your Thanksgiving feast? Maybe some of you might be even having uh, your Thanksgiving dinner today. Depending on if you're traveling around, you might have multiple Thanksgiving dinners. Everybody has these different traditions at their house, right? Something, maybe uh, you go around, uh, my mom has us write uh, little notes for this uh, turkey. It's like a paper turkey. And the notes that you write are the feathers. And you're writing what you're thankful for. That's your tradition. What about you? What kind of family traditions happen at your house? All I know is I want you to take a listen to this clip from Tim Harmston, a comedian, talking about a strange tradition they have for Thanksgiving at their house. Uh, Thanksgiving, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Who likes the cooking and the home-cooked food and all that stuff, the pie? You got the whipped cream, and the pecan pie, and the sweet potatoes. Um, Turkey. turkey. Yeah, turkey is the big one. In my family, we make, a lot of people make a traditional turkey. We make what we call uh, turducken bacon bear. Yes. What we, if you haven't heard of it, what you do is you take a, uh, a chicken and you put it inside of a duck and you put the duck inside of a turkey, and then you put that turkey inside a live grizzly bear. And then, yeah, and you wrap the grizzly bear with bacon. Oh yeah, shave the bear, okay? This is the hardest part, but it's rewarding, because nobody, nobody enjoys bear hair in their Teeth. Yeah, turducken bacon bear. That's a new one. What about you? What? I know he's joking, by the way. I hope. I hope you know. Do not try that at home, kids. Uh, what traditions do you have that are might uh, that might be a little odd to others, but are special to you? Let me know. Text it in to eight seven zero five zero five one five one eight. Good morning. Hey, I want to tell you about another podcast I'm doing, one that is shining a light in the dark corners of our media, our government, and our culture. It's the Ike Wingate Show. You can find it at IkeWingate.com. Please subscribe to it, listen to it. It's a longer-form, unfiltered podcast that delves deep into the issues that are happening in our culture. So check it out, please. Hey, thanks for checking out the Ike Wingate Morning Show podcast. It's an honor to know you've been listening and hanging out with us. We know you got choices, and believe me, we appreciate that you made this choice. We'd love to spread the word. We need your help with that. Leave us a review, rate us, whatever you can, because that'll help spread the word on the show. You want to contact us, hit us up, show at ikewingate.com. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're everywhere. Just type in the Ike Wingate Show. Have a great day.